And what my partner and I always say in our groups again and again, it's not what you do, but how you do it. And anything done with awareness, even if it's, you know, picking up your cup of tea and bringing it more, with more awareness to your mouth, it naturally slows down. So it's awareness that changes things, not the fact that you're doing it. Hi, I'm Dylan Smith. I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner and holistic health educator and someone who is so grateful for you being here right now and also for being introduced to Diana and her partner Michael Richardson. Their work has really transformed my life and it has transformed the life of so many other people in a very profound way, transformed the relationships and and a very important part of people's lives, which is sexuality, which is in the Vedic system and in many traditional wisdom cultures and basically all cultures has is a significant aspect because it is fundamental part of us as human beings. And why I'm so grateful to learn about Diana and, and I will share with you my stories. I got a I got gifted a book and the book was called Tantric Sex for Men. Right? Now that is just like a classical title. I mean this is just a very Fun, fundamental, basic, mainstream title for tantric sex. It wasn't like a, a deeper, it, it, I couldn't see the subtitle, which was making love a meditation or anything other than that. It was just tantric sex for men. And if I would have seen that in a bookstore or I was looking, you know, my typical person would be, oh, that's just a, I'm trying to make it mainstreamed over doing it and just it's probably bs it's just <laughs> but you know might have some good things but it's it's not you know it's not the be when i like to study things i like to to go to the nth degree but thankfully that book was given to me as a gift from my dear friend dana who is very well versed in tantra and tantric sex and and deeper love making very well versed so I trusted that that book was the book and she bought one for me and then she bought the woman's one for my partner and I'm so grateful for that and then I was extremely grateful to have the opportunity to interview Diana because this tantric sex movement is definitely increasing but I'm so blessed to interview Diana because she you know, she's 67 years old. She, she's been doing this for decades. She's very experienced. She's an authoritative figure. And, and if you listen to the Vital Veda podcast or followed our work, you know that we're very much interested in exploring authentic, pure teachings who doing it from a deep place of reverence and integrity and respect for the utmost value of that wisdom tradition, which we're exploring. So, Diana, she was born in South Africa, got a law degree in South African University, became a teacher of therapeutic massage in 1978, and then in 1979, she became a disciple of the Indian mystic Osho, who, by the way, when you read these books, really transforms your idea of this Indian mystic if you have perhaps heard otherwise or watched movies conveying otherwise. Her interest in meditation, touch and healing initiated an exploration into Tantra, the union of sex and meditation. In 93, she began teaching Tantra to couples. Writing as Diana Richardson, her first book was published in 1999 and since then she's written seven additional books, two with her partner Michael Richardson as a co-author. So super blessed to have Diana here. I hope you value 
a lot of people who are listening to this and you probably listening to this may be new to this area, it's a wonderful place to start and, and definitely check out the work of Diana and Adipa. You can check out livinglove.com. And as always, check out the show notes of this podcast episode. We share resources and we sometimes elaborate more on topics that we've discussed and we write more about it. In addition to that, I'd like to share with you one aspect which we do touch is about postmenopausal and also sexual relation and lovemaking in that second half of life. And Diana's a big fan of lubrication and I'm also a big fan of in my clinic of about vaginal health and making the genitals youthful, particularly in a in with this epidemics of infertility. So really trying to make genitals as youthful as possible and and especially for people who want to have children but don't have the partner or aren't ready to have children yet but want to maintain that youthfulness so we've got a few different herbs which we administer into the vagina one of them being called pradhara pichu that's p-r-a-d-h-a-h-a-r-a pradhara pichu oil or you can just search picture oil on our website and you'll find that yoni oil, which is an oil to be squirted into the vagina with a little dropper, or you can just massage it in there. And, and that as well as some other yoni oils we have. And then there's so many other treatments with internally herbs to work on the reproductive organs and, and make them more vital, vibrant, youthful, which enhances this physiological experience of connecting with your lover in a, in a different way to which we've conventionally been brought up with all the patterns and status quo. So enjoy this and just remember one thing which Diana keeps to emphasize and I believe it's a quote from Osho, Tantra denies nothing but transforms everything. So Diana, as I said earlier, there's this deep desire for people to go deeper with their sexuality. They've been going through years of quote unquote lust or just, you know, quick fix, dopamine hit, what we call in the Vedic system, this rajasic kind of way of approaching sexuality of just strong and stimulate and just quick and finished and fiery. But your book, well, one of your books, which I've read, um, tantric sex for men making love a meditation and my partner has read the female version one tantric i think tantric orgasm for women or is that that's right called? that's right yeah and and we're going to speak uh, later uh, i'm going to want to address same sex couples but for now this book has been for, for us as a couple huge and for us as individuals, and I'll speak for myself particularly, it's been so big because it's completely, it's such a polar approach to what we have been brought up in the West, what I've been brought up in a Western country around the current environment of, of sexuality. And it's, it's so absolutely refreshing to see this, um, approach and to be exposed to it even even initially even just like wow that that's pretty amazing and that's just that's something deeper and it's like takes weight off shoulders as well because it's like geez this when you're going through this rajasic process of that kind of sexuality it's like this is um 
this is intense. Like I'm doing something, you know, under the radar here or I, this is like I've got to watch out. I've got to hold my back. Like this is just like, no, it's not like that. Drop that whole energy. So this is a huge topic but if you could perhaps maybe I think a lot of people know but when I say the current sexual norm sexuality if you could maybe paint a picture of that and in juxtaposition in contrast to portray what you teach which is about more making love a meditation and and shifting from hot sex to cool sex to slow sex if you could if you could introduce to us that topic for those who don't even know what is this tantra what is this different way of approaching sexuality Right, big subject. <laughs> yeah, huge. So, so, you know, these are very big questions. So we can, might also, you know, divide it up into smaller questions. But I will definitely, you know, as we go along, you know, basically our current situation as far as sex goes is that it's an imprinting we, we receive from our society. So it's not like actually we're choosing that. It's more that a style has evolved. Um, that is very intensity-oriented and most especially goal-oriented, meaning the goal is to have a peak. And so this is what the disturbance is. So when we enter, uh, you know, come into the sexual context and sexual exchange, basically both people uh, are anticipating or wanting to, to have a peak. So this is the disturbance. And so we get together and we raise each other's uh, level of intensity, level of excitement in order to get to the goal. And so th that is an imprinting. And it does take a while to, to challenge that and in a way to un unwind that conditioning. So it's not like we're at fault. You know, it is as it is. But there is this dire lack of, of education, which has been available through tantric scriptures, you know, for centuries. So, you know, part of it is to do with we don't deal with sex directly. It's very much hidden. Um, people don't talk about it. Parents don't talk to children. They can't. They don't know what to say. So it's it's very much under the carpet, and you meant to we have the impression, ah, we should instinctively know how to make love. But the fact is, we don't. You know, just like actually we don't instinctively know how to walk well. We don't instinctively know how to eat properly. We, people have to say, you know, chew your food. <laughs> Even the toilet. You know, that's what's great living in India is squat toilets. Okay, that doesn't work for everybody as they get older with knees and so on. But that position immediately helps elimination. So there's a, a basic lack of body awareness and body education in our education system. Usually education is kind of limited to body education, you know, maybe a couple of hours of sport a week, or sex education is a little bit about reproduction or, or fertilization and so on. But there's nothing really about how two bodies be together. So, you know, this is really what I discovered through my exploration was basically learning how to 
reduce the sexual temperature. And that sounds weird because we have this impression, the hotter the better. Um, and, and that is a general, you know, understanding and a wish for people. We just wanted more intense, more sensation-oriented. But then what we lose with sensation is sensitivity. And the more sensation we have, the less sens sensitive we become. And actually with overstimulation and over, you know, over sensation, at a certain point we do become a little bit numb. So it's a matter of kind of just seeing where you are. And, of course, it's different for every individual, de depending on their past and their connection to the body or their, their sexual history. But it is possible to, you know, unwind that imprinting through practice, meaning making love. And essentially the crucial element is bringing in awareness. And what my partner and I always say in our groups again and again, it's not what you do, but how you do it. And anything done with awareness, even if it's, you know, picking up your cup of tea and bringing it with more awareness to your mouth, it naturally slows down. So it's awareness that changes things, not the fact that you're doing it. So essentially, it's a teaching about incorporating awareness into the sexual exchange and start to observe yourself. Um, for instance, you know, in, in what we call mainstream or conventional sex, you know, because of the goal, we use a lot of friction, you know, to create the excitement and sensation. Friction meaning, you know, back and forth. Uh, now I'm talking about heterosexuals. Uh, penis and vagina, and you know this tends to become more mechanical, and this tends to become more of a routine, and so there's many things to observe, and through the awareness they slowly, slowly start to change. But it does need practice, and that of course needs time. Now, what easily happens to people when they think, okay, now. We 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 want to we want to try it out. People expect things to happen very fast, but they don't. So, you know, people expect immediate. Uh, they they immediately want an ecstatic experience or an orgasmic experience. But this this is just not realistic. And in one way, it is like replacing one goal with another goal. Mm. So this is one of the most you know, delicate things to, to convey or for people to understand that it does take time. But the fact is, it's just so interesting, the journey and the process and what you come to understand and how you start to change as a person, because that is the, the you know, significant factor, is that when you start to change the way you make love, you change as a person. And there's one, you know, definition from Osho that uh, I really love, you know, about Tantra is, is Tantra is the transformation of sex into love through the awareness. So essentially, you know, if you bring awareness into your sexual exchange, what you start to do is you start to uh, generate love. And many things in the personality change and, you know, so it is just such a fascinating process, but 
people tend then to to set up new goals. And the fact is, is that when we talk about awareness, actually we're talking about being more present to the moment, which is, you know, all meditation approaches are about being more present. And the only way to be more present is to be more present in your body, because that is the only thing that is present. So, so to start to use your body as a tool to anchor your awareness and, and just start to, to observe. And I mean, of course, the moment, if you look at, if we look at ourselves in conventional kind of goal oriented sex, our bodies are very tense. So you start to soften your body. It doesn't mean collapse. Relaxation doesn't mean collapse. It means, you know, softening tensions. And actually, the more you relax, the more alive you become. The body does need a certain amount of tension to maintain, you know, structural integrity. So it's finding this thing of like, wow, when I relax my shoulders, I feel an expansion, you know, of subtle energies in my body. Um, or if I relax my jaw, or indeed for women, if they relax their vagina, for men, if they relax the, the anus, you know, all these little shifts of awareness and where you put your attention have a great impact on your sexual energy. And this is how you reduce the temperature, just cooling down a little bit. And the thing is, it's really not against the peak. And this is important for people to, to understand it's not against having an orgasm or an ejaculation, but often this happens within a few minutes of people actually, you know, getting together or, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe 40. It's more about extending that, you know, making love for some hours. And then if you feel like it, okay, go for it, you know, raise the temperature, bring it to a peak. The, the thing that is fascinating, though, is to, you know, realize that if there is a peak, there is a discharge, and this has consequences. Um, different hormones are released that actually bring us down, just like if you have a, you know, blast of coke, you're going to, certain hormones are released, but then the reverse happens. So, actually, the same thing happens in sex, and per se, you know, that's fine, but it's more that the connection between the couple gets uh, cut, disturbed. And, you know, we all know that space. You kind of, um, you know, having a good time, you know, full excitement, full engagement, and you have your peak and boom, it's over. And you kind of look back and think, you know, I was so involved and now I'm like totally out the loop. So, and then couples feel disconnected uh, from each other. So, you know, for men, you know, it's classic that uh, they feel a loss of energy. Um, we know the jokes about snoring. And we also know the story that often women are not satisfied. They then feel abandoned or left alone. And many women cannot achieve a peak in a short range of time or not in that style, you know, of, of um, hot, quick sex. So it's, it's good to be aware of the consequences because if we delay the exchange or if we are interested to actually not to bring it to a peak, it's such a different energy remains between the two of you. 
Now, of course, look, you know, what I talk, where I am talking generally, it can be that a man does feel energized after coming and a woman too. So nothing is black and white. But essentially, it is good to notice that as high as it was, there's very, very often this low point. Um, and it can even be two, three days later that emotions come up, you know, like negativity and um, not being happy with each other. And so this is one of the, a great source of distress in couple relationships. Uh, but unwittingly, we kind of contributing or, or creating it, not entirely, but through our sexual um, exchange is actually generating, or it's not really a generation, but resulting in separation on, on subtle and often not so subtle levels. And thing is, is that easily, you know, with one person we lose the, they no longer excite us anymore. So we move to something new where it's more exciting. Uh, so that's often the reason why couples will find new partners. Um, also, you know, what is really, really classically known and understood is that many women lo lose interest in sex. So also this hot style works for a while, you know, the honeymoon phase and everything's great, but then at a certain point the female body starts to uh, close down because it's not really being met on a deeper level. So many women think there's something wrong with them, that there's a psychological blockage or, you know, they're at fault. And the men also think, oh, she's frigid or she's got a problem, but it's really to do with the style. And, of course, there are situations where people have had, especially women, but, you know, men too, a cr crossing of sexual boundaries when, when they're young that can be the source of a withdrawal from sex. But, you know, generally speaking, it is, it is very classic that women are interested in sex and then after a while they're not. But the moment you bring a, a more relaxed style in where, where time is taken for the bodies to awaken, where people are more sensual and touching and, and, and being more present and uh, women's body you know, it responds very well to that because essentially the female body awakens more slowly than the female body. Uh, again, no generalization, you know, it is a generalization, can be that it's opposite with people, but the female body is, is different to the male body and it needs more time. So in that sense, male energy, sexual energy is raised very quickly um, but female sexual energy not. So as soon as, you know, the whole thing is brought down a notch or two and there's more of a, like, interchange and exchange and a lovingness and awareness, uh, women love to make love as much as men do. But again, it's this thing of the how. Um, so Yeah, well, it's a big topic and uh, I want to, touch on that later as well with i mean particularly menopause i think that would add a lot of hormones i mean you've written a book on tantric sex in menopause and of course you're well past that age so 
you can go into that. But I just want to um, emphasize the the two words which you've said, and thank you for just repeating those in your in your book so much. Is is awareness and presence, and it's just so, like simple things. And if we can keep including examples of practices and little things that you can do to enhance this tantric sexual experience or to move enhance this cool sex because like you said like awareness like aware of everything like i i loved in what i learned from you is you know you were talking earlier about um friction and in and out in and out but but moving millimeter by millimeter and just aware of every body part and what is happening second by second in the body and in the genitals and within your reproductive system and around it and with you merged with your partners like just that full awareness and full inclusivity of physiology yourself and your partner and primarily that and then you can go to the the awareness of what's happening in the room and the environment and your other senses but just that that awareness alone of course is 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 the big thing to shift that yes so oh, that's beautiful you experienced that dylan because it is awesome this millimeter by millimeter oh so good yeah and it's you know it's just like easily people think black and white like okay i can't do friction you know i can't move but if you move with awareness and like you say the more you can like find it down to this like millimeters and milliseconds um it's incredible because you know, essentially the tension and um, our expectations, this all compresses our body energy. But the minute we relax and take things with more awareness, it starts to expand and fill the body. So, yeah. Um. <laughs> yes, it's it's just an expansive approach and it's, it's so good. So, yeah, I just love to – I'd love to just go a bit more back on integrating hot sex with cool sex. So what I experienced so far is you transition to this or you attempt to go down this pathway and you're, you're delving into this cool sex. By habit, you still want to have hot sex. You still want to climax. As you said, it's, you know, you can do that, you know, prolong, maybe do cool sex for a few hours. And then if you still want to climax, like, you're gonna. There's gonna have the benefit, the, the 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 falls, the the cons of climaxing, ejaculation, depletion, which come with that. But you know, at least we had a few hours of this making love, and then, but then there is a point where perhaps you know you just don't want to do that because there is that very um, tangible, obvious detachment and just almost like chop karate chop the brick in half of climax is an ejaculation so i think just i uh, for someone who's beginning on all this i think it's just that that interesting journey of removing that samskara which is the vedic term for like scar that impression of these hot sex and desires for climax ejaculation orgasm even when going into beautiful, absolutely like such powerful love experiences through cool sex. 
yeah, I mean, the, you know, if, if one, the main thing is to do everything with more awareness. So if you're going to hot sex, do it with a little bit more awareness. Mm. Yes, you know, great. that's it. Uh, so it's not against, it's like, essentially what we need to understand is we are where we are. So it's not yeah. like we can switch off something that's, you know, actually in our psyche and, uh, you know, overnight. So it's just like, okay, you know, and if, if you, if you are moving towards a peak, just start to relax your shoulders, relax your bum, have a breath and, and see how that impacts. It will impact what you experience in the peak. So it's just in little, little ways to, to draw the awareness in and then slowly, slowly it transforms by itself. And especially if you do notice the after effects, it's like, oh, that's so interesting. Okay, that kind of gives me an impulse. Next time, maybe we stay with it a bit longer or, you know, find what you can do to, to stay more in the present. And one thing, you know, with this emphasis on the peak is uh, for man this is a tremendous uh, pressure. Uh, what we call um, performance pressure because he's got to get the erection, keep the erection, satisfy the woman, not come too early, hope she comes, you know. So there's a lot of male, a man's attention going on to how well he's performing. But at the moment you say, okay, look, coming is not so important. Uh, losing erection is also not a problem because there are ways that you can insert the penis uh, in a relaxed way into the vagina um, and from there, you know, take things. Um, but this is one of the things that men, that the thousands of men that we've kind of had connection with through teaching is feel, oh my God, I don't have to bring her to an orgasm. I don't have to, you know, keep my trip together because this is tremendously undermining um, psychologically uh, because if men don't manage, you know, they start to doubt themselves. And, um, you know, if a man loses erection, he gets into total panic. Meanwhile, the penis is, you know, it has a relaxed state and it has an, uh, an erect state. And both are still penis. So men are a little bit disconnected from the penis when it comes to a relaxed penis. They only feel, okay, now I'm a man with a penis when he's, you know, in his full glory. So there's a lot of psychological changes that happen, but it is, it is gradual and it, it needs yeah. to be gradual because you're turning over something in the psyche that's also imprinted ourselves. And, you know, so if you feel like coming, sometimes it can be a slightly addictive behavior, um, but not necessarily. Uh, people want the high and they want it again and again. But the fact is that the fact we have it again and again, want it again and again, means it actually, it's short-term fulfillment was very short. You yeah. know, there wasn't any, like, deep uh, connection mm. and, and, and deep kind of exchange and fulfillment, um, which actually… Yeah, which actually everybody is longing for, like you, you know, you started out saying for it. We're longing for it, but we actually don't know how to access it. Um, and I've heard men 
say, you know, I didn't even know that I was longing for that. You know, until, yeah. you, until you taste it, you don't know. This is something I want to bring up. I actually asked, um, sometimes before podcast episodes, I ask my Instagram audience if they have questions for the guest. And I've got some questions around from, from, from uh, our, our community about doing these, approaching this with partners who aren't quite there yet. So there's a couple examples of, well, one, how do I get my partner to kind of go on this journey with me? Every time I bring up Tantra sex, he's just like, oh, that's hippie, hippie dippy stuff. And the other, the other side is, um, yeah, I want to do this, but for example, the male wants to go through this, but the, but the, but the female just wants the, the climax and just, so yeah, I, I'm sure you've come across many couples and, and this also goes to kind of, I want to bring up like single people. So I guess people who are, or distance relationships, which, which we've had a lot with COVID and basically how do we engage with this when we're, when both are not completely aligned? Or even close to it. Yeah, it's it's tricky and delicate, and I wish there was like a, a blanket solution, because it does depend on curiosity. But yeah. say in the case when, um, you know, there's a man who's interested in a woman not. Generally speaking, again, <laughs> when a woman feels a man being conscious inside her, now I'm not saying she he's still but actually consciously being in the vagina, something in her opens and, it, and an interest can awaken. And with people like one night stands and so on, you know, it's actually something eventually dependent on you and your presence. Naturally, you know, the learning oh, journey happens with somebody else, but ultimately it's, it's you. So, you know, depending which way, it spins if it's the man who's not interested in the woman who is and vice versa. Just that individual who's interested to start to be more aware, start to be more present. And this Very has, good. this has an alchemy. And when one person is more present, it draws the other one to be more present. So things like making eye contact, you know, keeps us, more in the here and now because a lot of people are using sexual fantasy as a fuel you know uh, to get them turned on you have your eyes open you know there's many different tools breathing also learning to communicate so there's many tools you can use to bring you more in the present but if you're with a partner who's not interested you know you just start for yourself Right, it goes with everything like that. It's just, yeah. you, know, you become an exemplar yourself. Exactly. And then the other one starts worthily inquiring. Right. And becoming right. inspired by what yeah, and, you're portraying. Yeah, and, and touched, you know, and feeling, mm. wow, actually I feel good, <laughs> you know. Um, but I want to say it's just something about body awareness is that, like I said, you know, we don't have much education and we don't have much body awareness. So we really recommend to the couples who come to our courses to start to have more awareness in your daily life, how you sit, how you stand, how you walk, how you breathe. And, you know, of course, your body is with you all the time. It's more the question, you know, 
are you with your body? You know, mainly we're in thought. So to keep coming back to the body, softening, relaxing, no matter what you're doing. And so you start to cultivate body awareness outside of the bed, and naturally you bring that into bed. And vice versa, the more awareness you have in, in the bed, in the exchange, then, um, you know, that transports into your daily life. So, it, you know, it does start with the individual. And, of course, I understand what you are saying about, you know, people not being interested or thinking it's a bit hippie. <laughs> but, yeah, what to do? What to do? I, like I said, if, 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 you, if there's a part, one partner who's not so interested, the one who is, just keep going. Just keep, keep going and, and not yeah. saying anything. Not you yes. don't, you must, mm. but just softening the body, relaxing, breathing more deeply, being more present themselves. And this is what tra transports. This is what, what communicates. <laughs> and yeah, just letting know that everyone's at their own journey. And, you know, oh, but Diana said we, you know, we should be doing this for hours. And like an hour later, <laughs> wants to go to sleep. It's okay. Everyone's at where they're at. Um, right. I mean, you know, it is, yeah, it's so delicate when you write something because you, you, you say, say things that then people take as gospel, whereas they're actually absolutely. just possibilities. Absolutely. So, um, you know, even if you make love for an hour, that's great. Or 40, 40 minutes, that's great. The main thing is, you know, to bring the bodies together and see what happens this time. And mm. um, not to make a new goal that this has to happen, that has to happen. And yeah, and, and what we say again and again, it's tools and not rules. So people say, oh, we must be doing this. And it's not that. We say, this is a suggestion for you to be more present. Yeah. It's not a rule. If it helps, use it. If it doesn't, throw it away. And maybe you have your own tools. Mm. So, Absolutely. yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it's it's the it's the beautiful thing is is this slowness which which can prolong the you know the time and actually time is really irrelevant and it's right it's 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 I mean particularly if you just compare if I'm or if I compare the differences in terms of time it's it's not so much about how many minutes the difference were it's about the experience and it's the timeless experience well, where nothing there's no pressure they're not thinking about how long have we going for has it been enough is it am i not is, am i like has it been long enough though so now i can finish it it's just like timelessness like time does not matter i can just enjoy right. keep going down this path of great connection and love and and this is um you know absolutely right and it's when you become more present you disappear out of time so, mm. you know, five minutes can be, feel like five hours. And, um, and, yes. and just one thing you said about, you know, this thing about slowness, it's like, it's delicate because it's important that not to think of now I have to go slow. Because then people think, oh, that's, a, you know, like a rule and I have to do it. It's more helpful, supportive if people think, Ah, I need to be more aware. Yes. So th then there's a by as a byproduct, slowness happens. Like your feeling of millimeter down the vagina, that happens because you're very aware, not because mm. 
oh, now I have to go slow. You know, it's a totally, totally different quality. So, you know, the fact is I have written a book called Slow Sex. There is a DVD called Slow Sex, and that, but that would not have been my choice of title. But uh, my publisher offered me the book with that title, and I said, okay. But, you know, they want it because it's catchy. Fair enough. Um, but it is a slightly, you know, this thing about we go slow rather than we go aware, and slowness is, is a byproduct. There's so many different practices, like so many different practices and techniques and tools and considerations and points to be aware of in order to enhance this deeper lovemaking. Could you share a few or a couple, like we've just kind of, we've alluded to quite a few, to a few, but what else would you like to add in, in terms of practical things that people could do to be, for those who are starting on this type of journey? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know there's just so many, but well, just a little thing. It doesn't have to yes, be the ultimate No, no, no. Practice. I mean, one thing important is that, you know, this is not a technique. Yeah. This is awareness, and awareness is not a technique. You know, awareness brings in the present, and you're either present or you're not. Beautiful. Um, and, and awareness in itself is... is um, yeah, that is the transforming power. So again, this is what I said earlier, it's not what you do, but how you do it. But we, you know, in my book, um, The Heart of Tantric Sex, which is actually the first uh, book I wrote in 1997 or something, um, there I have the love keys. And, you know, obviously this information is also drawn into my other books in different ways, but there it's, you know, very clearly set out. And you know, the first one is to have your eyes open. You're naturally more here. Now, usually when people think they feel a bit self-conscious with the eyes open, because that's looking out. We look out through our eyes. And so what we, like Barry Long, he also says eyes open. Well, I found I couldn't until I learned how to invert the energy of my eyes. So instead of looking out, it's more you just relax the eyes and let things come to you because the eyes... We don't need to do anything with the eyes. The eyes see, but we still look. So there's a lot of tension in the eyes. But if you just relax, and it's a practice, you can do it with nature, uh, just relax and let things arrive in your, in your eyes, then it's, it's, it's just much sweeter because the eyes tend to be associated with prejudice and judgment. Um, but as soon as you like invert the energy – you know, the person looks lovely, you're happy with them. As soon as the energy is going out, <laughs> you're critical of them. So it's these little shifts. And one thing actually that I start right in the beginning of, of my workshops is because people don't have much of a body connection is I ask them, and it doesn't work for everybody, but I say 95% of people, to, to look inside their body for a place that is like, they can easily feel anywhere below the head, of course. You know, so it could be the low belly, it could be the solar plexus, it could be the chest area, it could be the low back, it might even be the feet. It's not the place that's important. It's more a place where that's easy for you to feel and that becomes like a reference point, like an anchor point to bring you into your body. 
So the moment you feel, think you're spacing out, which happens while you're making love, you go into thought, you come back and anchor yourself in this, what I call the inner home. So, so that is basic. And again, that inner home, you know, you're sitting at a table with people talking, feel your inner home. The eyes in this receptive way. And um, it's interesting, I discovered many, many years after I found, you know, found that it was necessary to invert uh, the energy of the eyes. I later found a, a tantric sutra in one of Osho's books where he gives a lot of um, different methods that there is this ancient tantric sutra, and as you know, sutra is like a saying, when the energy of the eyes is inverted, it falls back on the heart and opens it. And that is just like so awesome that if we as part of our education was, look, this is how you use your eyes, or this is how you walk, this is how you sit. Uh, we would just be very different people. You know, another really simple thing is many people, when they, they tend to shift their weight onto one leg. So, they you know, it's like 75, 25. Now, that immediately puts you out of alignment because, you know, Skeleton is perfectly symmetrical. It's not straight in any ways, no straight bones, but it's balanced from one side to the other. So we go with the weight onto one leg, more on one leg. We're immediately out of um, alignment, and this totally affects how we, what we say, how we say it, what uh, the mood you're in immediately, often you get critical and grumpy. And uh, Whereas if we learn to to, you know, as a practice stand with your weight, always 50-50, you know, not knees locked or anything, just, you know, gentle knees, you immediately become more present in your body. Your communication to your partner or if you're a lawyer or a teacher, your communication changes. So the inner home, the re relaxed, receptive vision, breathing, of course, you know, we tend to breathe very shallow. So to start to draw the breath downwards direction, belly, Nasal breathing is is more empowering than uh, mouth breathing. And we've done whole podcast episodes on nasal breathing and the importance of activating that okay. parasympathetic nervous system and nitric oxide. And definitely would be applicable to sex too. Okay, oh, that, that's interesting. Yes, and relaxation. Yes. yes, and and I have heard that nasal breathing supports erection. Hmm. Well, it would with the nitric oxide. Exactly. In general, exactly. you're just getting a greater prana. Exactly. And also broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> I had a podcast with a, a couple of guys, very interesting, uh, last year uh, in the UK, and they told me this about nitric oxide and broccoli and erection and nasal breathing. So it's great that um, mm. you're also hooked up. So mm -hmm. nasal breathing is good. You know, scanning your body, observing tension, softening. You know, jaw, shoulders, belly, ongoing process, pelvic floor. Most of us are, you know, holding it tight uh, unconsciously. It's a huge one. Yeah. So, it's a huge one. yeah, whenever you remember, just check and soften. Now, of course, it's going to be tight again in a little while, but that doesn't matter. It's not about being relaxed all the time, it's about observing when you're tense and being and relaxing, bringing yourself more to the present. For women, you know, to relax the vagina, many women, they hold the vagina tight 
Uh, because, say, if a woman's had childbirth and so on, they, they have the impression that they're too big now. And also, because of friction and stimulation, women tend to hold the vagina tight. Also, to protect the cervix, because in aggressive sex of the cervix, uh, the, you know, the entrance to the womb is, his, is hit. It's really painful. However, this affects the, the receptivity of, of the vagina and the capacity for the female tissues to absorb uh, the male, you know, vitality. Um, men relax the, the anus and the buttocks. This immediately reduces the the urge to to ejaculate because um, there's just more space. What else? Communication is quite good. I mean, often we're guessing. You know, you guess what your partner is feeling, so we're running a lot on guesswork, especially men trying to guess where the woman is at. But if you start, you know, in very short, simple words, and this this is, you know, a suggestion from Barry Long, is start to communicate in the here and now what's happening in your body. Not as a conversation, just like report. And uh, like, I feel this and this right now. Now, it's not like your partner answers or anything. They say what they feel. But the fact is, is that you're not really informing your partner. You are informing, your brain is acknowledging, you're forming yourself. And that is what is important. And, I mean, it's happened to me so many times where, some, you know, there's some little subtle things were happening. And uh, I was like, ah, oh, that's so unimportant. I'll tell him later. Now, of course, you tell somebody later, there's no vitality. It's like watching the news, you know. Um, but if you report it in the moment, the body responds. You suddenly feel like, wow, this little tiny phenomenon there, it suddenly starts to uh, expand because it's been acknowledged by your brain. You know, it doesn't suit all people. I found it very difficult in the beginning. Some people are better at communicating from the present uh, about their bodies than others. And it was something I, I had to learn. I resisted it, but it really is valuable. Kissing is great to keep you in the present, but we really suggest lip kissing rather than tongue kissing because, again, these two things impact the, the sexual temperature and, you know, the, the nervous system. You, you mentioned the parasympathetic nervous system, like lip kissing. It touches the parasympathetic nervous system, whereas tongue kissing… It's a funny kissing, one. I yeah, love this one because it, it's, it's, such, a, it's such, a, such a shock. I mean, yeah. it's really beautiful, and you can definitely feel the difference. Yeah, but it's um, I, yeah, I love it. I yeah, be, because um, you know, tongue kissing hits the sympathetic nervous system, which raises you know the flight, flight, fight, flight or fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it's not against tongue kissing, but the thing about lip kissing is that you can keep going with lip kissing after a while. Tongue kissing, you kind of. You know, try it's, out. It's, it's tiring. It's tiring, and it's not a real exchange. So there's so many things to that one can play with, and um, yeah. So I, you know, check out Diana's books and about the um, lovemaking retreat, which I'd love to talk about because you refer to it quite a lot in the book. It's obviously, and as you said earlier, it's what you guys are. are the mate seems the main work you're doing you've been doing this with thousands of couples over decades of these making love retreats and in the book you've just got these beautiful testimonials like just amazing of people who have just gone for decades with 
and nearly got divorced or got divorced and just really transforming people's lives. And hey, it made me want to go to these retreats. And I only just found out a few hours ago when we were emailing that they're offered in Australia and I was stoked. I was even thinking of going to Europe once. I would go to Europe for those. Like they sounded so good. Um, and I definitely want to go as to, to Queensland, I found out. So I got to wait till Australian borders become less tyrannical. Right. But, no, it's, we're so happy because there is this really, really beautiful woman, Janet McGeever, who's been yeah. with us for many, many years and she is so sensitive and lovely and really knows the field. So she does the seven-day uh, making love retreat, which we started already in, you know, this end, 1993. And it's, you know, seven days, which uh, residential, and uh, so includes accommodation and food. And, you know, the actual content is very much about body awareness, giving exercises to bring people into their bodies, how uh, teaching couples how to bring their bodies together because people tend to be very, like, dense with each other. You know, we come very physical onto hard on each other's bodies, even in an embrace, you know, like we squeeze each other, you know, with good intention, you know, we love the person. But it's very physical. It's like, yeah, it's, it's that harness is kind of – it's like a barrier and not allowing us to fully meld into each other and become one. Yes, absolutely. And But the thing is, we don't realize it. We don't even realize we, we unconsciously putting up a barrier. Absolutely. Because we, when I talk about porousness, like let the body contact be porous. So just like, the, <laughs> you know, just if it's porous, then the energy body which surrounds the physical body can exchange and that's what makes it interesting you, i'm just thinking of like um big jockey blokey men who the way they handshake you or even hug you it's just like tight strong like tense my muscles yeah give you a strong pat it's just like i'm gonna stay rock hard we ain't getting to but or you could just have like a nice soft touchy stroke each other, melt into each other's fat and muscles <laughs> and joints. Yes. It's so different. And, yeah. Yes, no, that's absolutely right. And honestly, sometimes, you know, watching movies or whatever, you see this gung, 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 how men hurt each other, you know, <laughs> slapping on the back. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've stopped shaking people's hands because it hurts. <laughs> I mean, you know, Really? And if you're a woman and, you know, like if you wear rings and somebody squeezes your hand hard, I mean, it's really painful. Absolutely. Even without a ring. But, you know, COVID, no more shaking hands, so that suits me really fine. (laughs) So, yeah, so in the retreat, you know, teach couples how to communicate more out of the present, giving little exercises. There's a lecture given every day, which is like – you know, an orientation that goes step by step over the days and, you know, taking people in much deeper. There's some meditations, active meditations. There's time for practice. So all these things together, you know, really give a couple the opportunity to have a different experience and then to transport that into the daily life. Of course, once we get back into the daily life, that's when it really starts to start to create more space for making love because, you know, people do have many commitments. People have children and so on. But, you know, 
love is, you know, should be at the top of the list. And if you have uh, children... No. Yeah, sorry, Carl. If you have children, you know, people are often um, taken to ballet lessons or football or whatever, all, all good. But actually what children really learn from is the love between their parents. This relaxes them. Mm. But a lot of couples, they have like a lot of tensions between them, emotions between them. But as soon as there's more connection, the loving vibe, this is the best way to teach your children. So it's good. Create space for yourselves. Get a babysitter and so on. But yes, um, yeah, it, yeah it, I'm, it's, I'm, it's really, I'm glad um, that I'm, that you're going to think of going because it's great. Oh, it's really I, great. I can't wait. If like there's one in May 2022, if, if we can go to oh, super, <laughs> cross super. the border then. I've already checked the dates. Oh, sweet of <laughs> but, um, you. Yeah. So, yeah, so if you want to attend the Diana and her partner, Michael, check out livinglove.com and you can see their European retreats. And if you're in Australia, you can see makingloveretreat.com.au and that's with Janet McGeever. And enjoy it. And let us know what you think. Tag, tag us on Instagram, share it with, with us and report back. We'd be part of the many, many people who are reporting on it. Um, and, and you just mentioned like, this is a huge one, particularly for me, who's very like, want to get, I'm very pit the type. I like fire, want to get stuff done. I think a huge thing is like just prioritizing this work and prioritizing <laughs> lovemaking, putting the time for that, scheduling it in. That for me, and I'm sure for many people who are engaging, oh, it's just a, it, that's a huge shift and kind of break up of shake-up of our current routine and, and life, particularly because we do so much time on meditation and self-care practices and Ayurvedic rituals and various rituals. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And, and often, <laughs> you know, we, we, when we have sex, it's more like um, we think it's spontaneous, but it's more accidental. Um, so it, it is a shift because you know you come into that situation knowing you're going to have sex or planning to have sex which people sometimes find a bit odd but honestly you get used to it and it's great mm. and the more you make love the less expectations you have the more opportunity you have to explore to observe we always suggest to couples, you know, talk about your making love afterwards. Don't just do it and stop. Just talk. What did you notice? What did you feel? Um, Beautiful. Yeah. I, I wanted. I want to bring up two important, two more important um, aspects of this, and one is the same sex couples. Yes. Yeah. It's a it's a delicate mm. subject. I mean, what I see it is everyone has masculine and feminine within them, just no matter what your gender is. And when you're uniting with another human, then perhaps we can play within that feminine, masculine Shiva Shakti. Yes, no, the, you're, you're absolutely spot on there, Dylan. We do both have those aspects, and ultimately it's about the circulation between these two aspects within yourself, which one can do as an individual or with a partner. I mean, it's very clear from, you know, the way I've been talking now and our retreats that it is for heterosexuals. And this is simply because 
we a lot of the information is, is about penis vagina and our experience is heterosexual so we're teaching from experience but basically any two people the moment they bring more awareness into their exchange or into their body it's going to change and the same issues still apply goal orientation you know being more present uh, relaxing uh, eye contact so a lot of the elements can be included main thing that is going to be different is is how we approach the whole you know genital situation but this is you know for people to experiment explore be creative um yeah. a lot I, of the, yeah a lot of the practices would be would work and you could integrate in your own way but absolutely and actually uh, the book for women that your partner read there there is a same sex chapter because i got some letters emails from women at the time when i was writing that book about how they'd incorporated some of the information into their love making and how it changed it completely now when mm -hmm. i came to the men's book uh, michael and i we had got no emails from men uh, same sex <laughs> men so unfortunately we couldn't include that okay. a, a chapter no. on that but uh, you know i am really yeah is the minute we bring awareness in away from the mechanical away from the being in the future and you know relaxing the present present there is a qualitative shift hmm. great and and lastly menopause and that second half of life we just we just released a podcast with dr john dooliard on how to live how to achieve optimal health in the second half of your half of your life and live with radiance and vitality because in, in Ayurveda, it said the lifespan is around 120 years old. So, Diane, you're only just starting your second half. You have a oh, God, I don't hope so. <laughs> I don't <laughs> hope so. And what, what we're talking about is it's not with the thought of, oh, when I'm going to be nine, 90 or 90 years old, I'm going to be senile and have low cognitive function and low sensory capacity. It's about actually, Ayurveda says, everyone here listening right now, whether you're 30 years old or 25 or 40 you should have the same cognitive function and sensory function when you're 80 90 it right. should very minimally at, if at all deteriorate and degenerate so dementia alzheimer's all this is is, is a disease it's not aging it's separate right. anyway yeah. so and i think you know so many things you've touched on particularly from the women's side of having that presence which really supports them to continue sexual relationships beyond those ages what 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 other things other than what you've mentioned i know you guys are a big fan of lubrication in general in ayurveda of course i work with a lot of also postmenopausal women and, and on their yoni with certain medicated ghees to be applied there and certain even uh, inserting medicated ghee through with a with a dropper oh, about five centimeters in the yoni and even some mantra bastis which are nourishing very small nourishing enemas which are actually kept in the nervous system and the gut to to nourish the, the pelvic floor so well that sounds awesome dylan really awesome yes. because the fact is one of the main turnoffs for women as they get older is they experience and um, pain and sex but i tell you many 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 women experience pain and sex their entire lives mm. But it does happen 
more, you know, because of the hormonal changes and skin changes and so on when they get older. But I've just seen countless women come with that problem, but within three days of being in the retreat, using lubrication, um, being more conscious, the pain dissipates. And, you know, often, yeah, like old feelings come up, old memories come up, get cleared out the system for men and for women. So it's a tremendous, if it's done with awareness, sex is tremendously, tremendously healing. And actually, we've had a huge age range of, of couples, 1920, you know, a couple of 1920. And our oldest couple, she was 78, he was 81. And this man, at the end, he just said, these have been the most important seven days of my life. Now, that is just so sweet, isn't it? They, they came back two or three times, and honestly, how they changed. Much more radiance, uh, much more in their bodies. The woman had a slightly bit, a little bit the shakes, and that was gone the second time they came. Mm. I love it. Yeah. and Reversing uh, biological age. Well, yes, and honestly, we see that uh, in our retreats, that people arrive looking anxious and tense and kind of withdrawn, and within three, four days, and definitely by the end of the week, everybody looks like 20 years younger, you know. So, And that's even with, with you know, if you've got 20 and 30 years old, we're all kind of carrying the same burdens. It's just the body is a bit more down the, the road, you know, uh, biologically. Mm. So, yeah, it is definitely rejuvenating. Mm. Beautiful, Diana. I think we've covered some, some good ground. We've enticed some people to go deeper into this work. Um, if you guys want to read books from Diana and her partner, Michael, check out livinglove.com. They're not on social media as far as I'm aware, just real in the books, keeping it, keeping it real. Right. And, and <laughs> just to mention that the, my book, Tantric Sex and Menopause, is written in conjunction with um, Janet McGeever. In, in mm. Queensland. And if anyone's interested, I did do a TED talk called The Power yeah. of Mindful Sex, which, you know, 17 minutes it gives also quite a few little tips in there. Nice. Good, Dylan. This has been great. Great. Well, we'll share all that with in, in the show notes. And hey, oh, you know what? I actually forgot to ask you a question which I ask every single guest. I'm going to have to ask it now because I, I ask every guest. It's the first question of the show. And that is, what did you do this morning? Because in Ayurvedic medicine, daily routine is an important aspect. So if you could share, what was your personal morning routine or daily routine today? Well, I have to <laughs> say today was not usual because I was up at 3 o'clock. Um, <laughs> and that's the thing is if you get up early, your routines go out. But short before I sat down here with you, I had some lemon and hot water, and I did the five Tibetan exercises. And now, which I found the most awesome exercises, now I've got a magnetic mat, and I'm going to go and lie down on that for 20 minutes. <laughs> Beautiful. Love um, it. Yeah. But important, you know, is this thing of moving the body every morning. And, uh, yeah. Cool, Dylan. Great. Okay. Thanks, Thanks so lot. much, Diana. Bless you. Beautiful. Ciao, ciao. Take care. Yes, so I'm sure this was just a little taster. And if you want to get to know more, definitely check out livinglove.com. That's Diana's website. You can check out her books. I highly recommend it. The Making Love Retreat.com.au is the one in Australia. And definitely 
check out, just read the testimonials. I mean, they're, they're phenomenal of the transformation that Diana and Michael have provided for couples all around the world over all these decades. So I hope you enjoy. If you want to see a, rel- a similar episode, you can see the, re- the episode we did with Dr. John Gray, and that was on sexual energies, and that was one of the most popular episodes of the Vital Vader podcast, so you can check that out. Until next time, much love. Thank you.